Uh, hey, everybody. Uh, <laughs> we we just started a whole thing, and we weren't even live. So, yeah, we were talking to nobody. Uh, yeah, we were talking but, to uh, no one there. So, all right, David Plummer. Michael Ferguson. Thank you. Uh, thank you guys for watching. Uh, we're doing another, a series of talks about the DJI agriculture drones yep. and about just uh, spraying drones in general. Right. Uh, quick note, uh, if you are watching us on YouTube or Facebook and you would rather not see us, which seems to be some people's preference, uh, go ahead and uh, you can listen to us on a podcast, uh, any of your favorite podcasts. And if you're listening to us on a podcast and you would like to see what we look like, please come on over to YouTube well, or right. Facebook. Uh, you know, that's yeah, an easy we're, way we're to do we're it. We're there too. We're yeah. all over the place. So, but yeah, we've been, we've been doing this and liking this because uh, we're actually getting people, you know, Interesting. Text, texting in with with uh, questions and everything, so that's that's great. I yeah, mean, uh, please keep sending in your questions. Uh, we'll yeah. give you the best answers uh, that we possibly possibly can. But today specifically, uh, we'll cover a couple of topics here. But we yeah. wanted to talk about uh, the spraying drones and typical, you know, traditional aerial applicators or crop right. dusters, as a lot of people would probably think of them. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, it, um, the same. Same kind of thing, yeah. But obviously, one is you know doing possibly thousands of acres. The other one's doing somewhere in between. Yeah. Um, but we we get a lot of calls from from people that are either. I mean, we get it from all over. Yeah. We get it from farmers saying, "Hey, you know what? Um, I need to get some new equipment, and I've been thinking about maybe transferring to uh, aerial application." Yeah. Um, or they want to get started and you know just start doing some trial stuff. We get you know, companies that are bigger that have plots and they were, they're testing out maybe one herbicide versus another one. And, yeah. uh, and they know they can get the, the deposition real perfect and they don't have to haul out this big machinery or whatever, just for these tiny plots. Right. Um, but, so, re yeah. but really what we've talked about is, you know, over the years, we've sort of gotten a mixed response, I guess you would say from the, you know, the, uh, traditional, aerial applicators and some of the, some of the organizations they belong yeah. to, you know, and we understand that. I mean, we're a completely, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, completely new technology. They yeah. might be a little leery about what we're doing. Are we going to be safe? Uh, you know, all of the things that, that you would be concerned about, they want to make sure that drone operators are doing as well. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think the two main reasons are one, you know, one is an actual plane and one's a drone. Yeah. And it's kind of like, you know, oh, that's cute. You've got a little drone that carries, you know, X amount of gallons. Right. Um, so I think there's that. And maybe there's some bit of leeriness, the fact that, you know, it is a a scaling technology that seems to be getting bigger and better. Faster and um, faster, too. And faster and faster. Yeah. And then on the other side, uh, which I completely understand, is that you've got a lot of idiots up in the air yeah. with uh, drones and if I were a crop duster and I'm flying basically always under 400 feet in yep. a plane, you know, I, I'd want to make sure that I was safe yeah, before absolutely. someone got their great picture on the drone. So yeah, totally. So, so, some things are completely understandable. Yeah. Right. Well, and I think one of the things that we've noticed and that we've sort of advocated for is that, you know, aerial applicators or your crop dusters, are probably the ideal client to be using Absolutely. a spraying drone because they've already got all the licenses they need. They've already gone through the processes of right. being able to spray. So this would almost be like a secondary income for them, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, 
I, I see it as a perfect thing because, like you said, they're already doing it. They're doing it in a plane. Yeah. But but oftentimes, I mean, the guy flying is not necessarily going to be your pesticide guy. Like, you know, when we went through this process, we kind of did like a one-man band type thing with, mm-hmm. with the MG, you know, where we got certified for pesticide type, type application, certified with uh, 107, you know, got the 137. These guys have a pretty big operation usually. Yeah. It's it's multiple guys. You've got, you know, maybe somebody that's doing booking, somebody that's doing the flying, someone that's doing the mixing, and then you've got added people there. So mm-hmm. and and the reason I say that is that they are perfectly aligned to start using drones because they already have the team. Right. They right. already have who's doing what, who's doing this. You basically instead of you're flying a plane, you're flying a drone. Which then opens them up to smaller fields. Yeah. Um, not necessarily where they would make less money, but it's just completely uneconomical to send a plane in. Right. To do, you know, somebody's, uh, you know, basically far out field that they, you know, they still own, but they don't really. Right. They just want to keep, they just want to maintain it type of thing. Well, and it also gives them the opportunity to kind of hit the edges of a field maybe that they aren't able to get in an airplane. Yeah. Maybe you if know? they have to pull up, then, you know, exactly. That, right. If there's a tree line there, if there's something there that's preventing them from going all the way in and getting the pesticide exactly where they need it to go, you know, this could be a good way to use it. If you got a, a MG, you know, or I'm sorry, a T30 or something or a T10, depending yeah. on how much ground you're covering. Uh, this is just giving you the ability to, get that that those little pieces of ground that you weren't able to get before. So right. I, I think it's you know it's an interesting interesting thing when you think about the idea of these uh, of these aerial applicators who are you know honestly risking their lives every day. I mean we yeah. we've got a ton of respect for these guys cuz they're very very skilled at what they do, way more skilled than any drone pilot yeah. uh, out there and they're risking their lives every day. I think there's a, you know dozens there are dozens of, you know, accidents every year. Uh, yeah, you yeah, know, which it, and and we don't really want to dwell on the accidents of because because yeah. that, that that's that's terrible and everything. And but drones do bring <clears throat> a, a level of safety to it that they wouldn't bring with an airplane when some yeah. of these crop dusters are flying very, very low, right. you know, very low to the ground. Uh, it, it's dangerous. Yeah. I, oh I yeah. Mean, it, it is. I mean, yeah. that's the, that's the fact. And, you know, in some instances, a drone might be called for just in terms of the safety aspect of it. Yeah. Like, yeah. If you're looking at a field and you're, do you kind of, you know, it'd be the same if you were doing spraying by drone or plane, you're doing a pre-assessment and everything. Yeah. Um, and actually a drone would be perfect for pre-assessment too. I mean, if yeah. you've got, if you've got an area that's fairly expansive, I mean, might be a good idea to, you know, if, if you haven't flown that field before, maybe get your, your drone guys out there where they can give you a little bit more situa- situational awareness as of, you know, when you're going to be spraying, not, right. not, um, you know, like if you look at some of the Google stuff, I mm-hmm. think it still shows this property is uh, the, it was basically in 2012 Oh, yeah, when, right. when there used to be a barn over there, but it's it, not it, up it, to it date was now, burned yeah. down, you know? So yeah, I mean, you, you want to, you want situational awareness where you are now uh, or when you are now. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. And then 
kind of coming back to the accent part, that is actually one thing that's put into all these petitions. Yeah. I mean, because what you're trying to do is you're, you're citing things that have been done before, or if they haven't been done before, then you're trying to back them up with some type of facts. Right. And everybody knows FAA is obviously safety. So you're, you're constantly saying, what's my operation and how can I do it safer? How can I, you know, so they put in here, you know, there were X amount of accidents from 2011 to 2016 or whatever. Yep. And just that fact alone, even if there's one guy that gets in an accident, just breaks his leg, that's most likely not going to happen if you use a drone. Correct. Yeah. Now, and, and again, we're not advocating changing everything to drone. But, oh, of course but, not. But this, yeah. this could be another business, uh, you know, another department for these spraying companies. Yeah, absolutely. And just just to give you an idea of, of how low the, the planes actually fly, there were a couple accidents, it was a couple of years ago where two accidents and they were they were not fatal, so it was nothing like that. But where they actually the plane actually hit the ground sprayers. <laughs> so and that was two times. So I mean yeah. that's that gives you an idea of how low those guys sometimes go. Now maybe yeah, that I mean, guy was flying was not flying safely. I have no idea those, you know. Yeah. Um, but that is really, really low. Yeah. And and that gives I mean, you I know idea. those things are you know, they have to be a little bit tall, but I can't imagine they're anywhere, you know, yeah. 15 feet or. Uh, yeah, yeah. E exactly. And the other, but, the other important, just real quick, yeah. another important thing we should mention uh, in terms of accidents while, you know, there's never been so far and as far as anybody knows, yeah, uh, a drone has never caused a, a, fatality. a fatality in any way. Yeah. It's never caused a plane crash. It's never run into somebody and killed them. Like, so just so although that, you're going to get people uh, piping in and be like, well, and we're not talking about those the big well, big I'm, not, yeah, I'm not talking about military <laughs> drones. I'm talking about but yeah, consumer yeah. drones, professional drones. yeah, like an accident smacking into something uh, like or that has never happened. So yeah. so drones have a great safety record so yeah. far. Yeah. You might hear about people being nervous about them, et cetera. Exactly. Yeah. We we hope that's always the case. Uh, but they do have a great safety record. And even though there are accidents, they've not caused a death. So yeah. that's just something to know as we talk about these things. And that's one of the reasons that we, we got into this business. Yeah. Because uh, they do save lives. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. And, and we're kind of going over this more for the fact of, uh, you know, it's kind of going into the whole petition thing for spraying and all that kind of stuff. It's just the things that are put into this petition basically yeah. to say like, look, the, you have to, what you're trying to prove is that it's your operation is as safe or safer than the current method. Right. You know, so that argument I think could be made. easily made all day. Right. But yeah, I mean, if you look at like all the different accidents, accidents they've had, um, you know, from whatever it was, weather to ground collision to fuel exhaustion the landing i mean the number the top two are collision with objects and power loss i mean so yeah right I, th this isn't going to give you that much but you know obviously that is you know where uh collision and power loss and then all these other small ones o over here are basically one-offs right you now so right yeah it's pretty, yeah so so it's so so Obstacle avoidance. Yes. We need, we, which we've we got, have we've got that with the radar. 
uh, power loss. Um, it can happen. It can happen, but um, I mean, these are multi-celled batteries and that kind of stuff. And you know, some of the drones have multiple batteries. I yeah. Mean, yeah, I mean, things can happen, but a lot of a lot of this stuff can be avoided. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And and you know, that's the we do get calls all the time. Uh, from people, I think we just got one a day or two ago, right? Where it was it a, was a crop duster. a crop duster who basically he's doing exactly what we're talking about, and 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 he was he was basically saying he most likely won't be the one doing that. Yeah, he he's still going to fly. Yeah. yeah, and and which is great. But what they're looking at is that, and it's interesting. You, the more and more you talk to these guys um, and, and and everybody, I mean, uh, I don't think a lot of times the problem with let's say a farmer saying okay i've got a problem in my field and i want to hire a crop duster the the problem isn't being able to hire them it's the time it takes from when he makes the call to when the guy can come out right because there's just limited people yeah to do this right so and then okay let's say you do have a big contract with somebody and then he's got a bunch of these outlier fields that are kind of like junk fields mm-hmm but he still wants them sprayed. sprayed and if right. you want the big job, you got to take the, the small the junk. job too. So, you know, he's saying, well, the, the small job and the stuff that is, you know, not the safest for me to get to, or not the easiest, whatever it is that can be done by a drone. So it's, it's, it's kind of like a group effort between drone guys and plane. And, and, and kinda... the other thing, and, and you've, we've talked about this before, but so if a farming organization or a, a business for that matter has their 137, uh, an employee of that company can also fly as long as they're they're They've got their 107 and they're being right. uh, the, the piloting command, right? Is yeah. The 137 holder. Yeah. And, and yeah, I, all, all those things, uh, I mean, there's there's a lot that goes into it. But, yeah, I mean, essentially you can have, like, a company hold the 137, as far as I know. And um, and somebody and out then, there will correct us if we're yeah, wrong. And, and, sure. I, and I hope so, yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think I think you could, you could definitely do that. And they've already have everything set in place. They've got, you know, how, how do we go into this, look, looking at the field, you know, kind of like the pre-assessment. Um, yeah, yeah. so I, I think, I think it's definitely doable to basically get somebody else in the organization or hire somebody else, you know, yeah, they'll have to probably, if you're flying, if you, if the rules you're flying under are under 107, then yeah, they'd have to get a 107. Right. Um, maybe they'd have to get something like a general standards, uh, type thing with the, um, like pesticide stuff. Okay. But Yeah. All right. Well, yeah, because I know with the 137, we've got a 137 for the MG1P. We're still waiting for uh, T16 and then some of the other bigger drones like the T30 and obviously the T10. We want to get some too. Yeah. yeah. So, what, and what we've seen on that front is that, uh, you know, if it's an MG and you're trying to go to a T10, you would most likely reach out to your local flight standard district office and say, you know, I've got this other drone Mm -hmm. that's replacing this one. It's under 55. So they're going to need the information on that. Right. Now what we're, what I'm seeing on the petition side with, you know, cause again, we had one in, it's been well over a year and this was because of, you know, most likely COVID. Right. Um, Yeah. I mean, you know, 
I forget where we it, it, that's all right, that's all right. <laughs> but well I, I think it, it was just the I mean it started with basically us talking about how you don't have to have a one you know a company can have a 137 right. and move forward we sort of went off track there for yeah, a yeah. but let's um, take some questions yeah <laughs> you know we don't have any so I'm, I'm curious uh you know maybe nobody's watching now and they'll watch later right um but if you've got anything to say please uh pipe pipe in and, and let well, us know what you got I, I uh I wanted to kind of come back to something I think we said last week. Sure. So you want me to switch over? Uh, I mean, you can. It's it's not a huge deal. It's it's mostly reading, but yeah. So are we on there? Okay. Yeah. So May thirteenth, twenty twenty one. I think I had mentioned that Google uh, was so it's Google Research Climate and Energy Group. So they're going after 137, over 55 pounds Mm. um, in California. And basically, they want to do it for, I'm going to try to get the, it's fire mitigation. Oh, yeah. Which is something we had somebody talk to us about not long ago. Yeah, here. So... Wildfire suppression and management services to select commercial and public customers in the state of California. So again, you know, I I I, I pull this up because one, most people think a oh, wildfire in California. Oh, you've got a five gallon to ten gallon, you know, tank drone. But it's I don't think it's really about that. It's one, it's about just getting into the space. Right. You know, they don't have four hundred pound drones yet, you know, thousand pound drones that will put a fire out, right? Yeah. There might be a couple one offs. Yeah. But and it might not even be necessarily water that they're using. They could be using some type of fire Fire retardant. retardant. Yeah. And and it could be something that's not gonna be uh, trying to put out the actual fire, but it could be more like a perimeter type thing, mm-hmm. you know, of like high, high value um, assets, like, you know, power plants and that kind of stuff. But yeah, uh, I just thought it was pretty cool because, you know, Google's getting into the game and. Well, uh, and it's interesting because as Google sort of moves forward, uh, I mean, wing sort of disappeared, right? Yeah. Well, I think wing was sold off because obviously it's just, you know they're not making money, but right. they are. They are doing stuff. They put out that that uh, app. Oh yeah, the um, the Lance app. Mm-hmm. Um, and then but, and then not too long ago, Amazon. Uh, you know, it came out that their whole thing with delivery sort of went you know went away a little bit. So yeah, you know, obviously, I think that's something in the future we're still going to see. Um, it's just uh, for whatever right. reason legally, it's just it's not there yet. Well, but something like fire, you know, that is something that. Wouldn't take a whole lot, uh, you know, once you get the substance that you use to put the fire out, mm-hmm. whatever that fire retardant is, and I know there's a bunch of options out there probably. Yeah. Um, it's just a matter of having the right pilot uh, with the proper certifications that can, can yeah, drive and, it, and, and 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 they might be able to, you know, have special occasions. I mean, you know, if there's a fire, that's imminent, you know, possible imminent loss death all kinds of stuff so um yeah we could see if something crazy comes up they could probably ramp up pretty quickly with different you know drones in different areas and stuff absolutely i mean i i think it's uh i mean at that point it's like you know 
nobody's really moving in that area anyways. So yeah. even if there was, you know, a down drone, it's probably just going to get eaten up. It'd just fire. be burned. To yeah. Death. It'll end up in yeah. pieces. Uh, we do. All right. Somebody's watching. So thank you. Uh, <laughs> Recovery one drone. He says thermal assessment of hot spots. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that's uh, that's something we've talked about. And I assume he's talking about fire departments, right? Is well, yeah, and, and possibly what what Google's doing is uh, maybe that's what he's talking about. Oh, oh, I got you. Okay, yeah. But but yeah, I mean, because you know, a lot of times, I mean, my parents' house burned down years right, ago, right? And what was crazy to me was that uh, they that fire started. It restarted, I think, at least five times. Hmm. And that was in like a 72-hour period. So you've got stuff that is smoldering, you know, and and could be. And and then sometimes those grasslands, there's like layers. It's like, it's like, uh, yeah. You know, like dog, just, it's like dog fur. It's like, yeah. It's, yeah. It'll burn one layer. Then there's another layer under that and another layer. Under yeah. That. And you th- yeah. And, and it looks burned. Right. But there's still a ton left underneath. Right. And it's just basically waiting, you know, and building up. So they, they, yeah, that's a great idea because you could, the, the fires could restart. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we've talked, you know, we've talked about that in terms of where police and fire departments have used them in different places where there's like a fire in the attic they can't, there's just smoke coming out of the house. They don't know where the source of the fire is necessarily. Yeah, right. And they've been able to take a drone above the building with thermal capabilities uh, to be able to tell you exactly where, all right, the, the fire is starting right here. Yeah, you know, there's, 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 there's the origin. So then yep. based on that, you can, yeah, you, you can, can at, least, at least deploy as much resources to that. Yeah. Hottest spot. So to get back to, uh, you know, I think our original topic was, talking about aerial applicators and, and mm-hmm. why it would be important for them in the future. So like, I guess my thing is, you know, those people that are resistant to the new technology and that's in any industry, that's anywhere you deal when you start seeing new things coming into the market, oh, uh, yeah, that yeah. could affect your business one way or the other. You're leery of it. Yeah. And you want to make sure it's all right. They have, you know, over the years, and we've talked about this before, uh, the agriculture industry has kind of been promised drones over and over again that they were going to do this, they were going to do that, yeah. they were going to change the way everybody did stuff. Uh, we're finally at that place probably where, yeah. you know, I think the technology is way ahead of where the laws are right now, of where yeah. the FAA is, what they're ready to approve, right. all of that kind of good stuff. So, so I think that now more than ever, is a time for, for those, uh, ag pilots not to look at drones and be threatened by them. This is a time for you to say, Hey, maybe I should look into this. Maybe it's time that, that I like sit down and actually look at what these things can do, see how they could potentially save me some money, uh, and some time, you know, and, uh, it's just, they need to give it a chance. I know there are a lot of people out there that are leery of any drone. And there are especially people out there that are leery of drones that can spray stuff right? because in the wrong hands, that could be really bad. Um, but I think we're getting to a point, we're getting closer and closer to where more of these farmers, uh, more of these larger farms mm-hmm. are are interested and they really do want to make this happen. I mean, just the T10, yeah. we've had a lot of interest in the T10. Yeah. Um, yeah I mean, have. obviously the T30 as well, but the T10 is kind of one of those it's, great it's, it's little entry little, level. It's, yeah, it's more attainable. Yeah, it, it's um, more attainable and it's not just because of the price because it is a lot cheaper than the T30, yeah. but also just because of the licensing. 
Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. That's exactly what I'm. Yeah. I was mean at that under fifty five pounds is a lot easier. To and and you off. can you can handle that one pretty easily. The the T thirty you've got to be. Uh, yeah, you got you got to you got to either have a partner or you got to basically make sure everything is empty. You know. Yeah. That's, you're looking at about seventy five pounds. And um, you were. Oh yeah. You I, were telling me earlier today there was something interesting you figured out. About- yeah. Uh, yeah. So, and and I just uh, don't really see this uh variation in weight very much but they were talking about um i read where the t30 um fully loaded with with liquid will be 142 i believe 142 pounds okay it can't can't go over that right um but if you have the spreader on and um you know you have dry material and everything it goes up to 172 really so it's 30 pounds sorry that's right 30 pounds heavier huh. um if you're doing dry weight so i thought well, that's, that's that's pretty cool that you know it's not not maxed out where the thing oh, okay it's one, one, start, 143 yeah, yeah it starts uh, shaking apart <laughs> right. i mean this thing can take another 30 pounds and At probably least. and probably another right 30 pounds if you wanted to yeah absolutely but uh all right uh let's see michael i i don't think we have any more uh comments here but thank you very much uh recovery one drone for uh your comments yeah thank you uh yeah thank you guys for watching we're gonna keep doing this as much as as much as possible we got thoughts on our mind do you have anything else anything else? yeah okay so so um i have uh somebody i talked to quite a bit that's a client of ours um his he's getting the feeling that with dji and uh the multispectral so currently what you have to do is, okay, let's say you're, you're taking your multispectral out and you want to see where the problem areas are in the field. Um, and you go out and you fly it and let's say, uh, you've determined that anything that comes up yellow after your multispectral goes out and maps it, yeah. that's an area that you want to spray. Mm-hmm. So as of right now, what we had to do for different plots is that you, 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 it couldn't just identify and say, okay, I want all the yellow blocks, you know, right. I want to spray there, everything else ignore. Um, right now, what you have to do is you actually have to, if those places were away from each other, you know, in different areas, you had to basically make a little map here, a little map here, a little map here. And so then it would, it would finish the first one and then it would hover. Right. And then you would then execute the second one. So then it would fly over. But, um, what ultimately needs to happen and most likely will, and I'm going to try to find that answer for the the customer is being able to say, okay, yellow is where I want to spray. Boom. That's it. So once I get that map and I say, this is where I want to spray, then you take the drone out, you fly it. And then then it basically sprays exactly where you want it to spray. Yeah. Right. And maybe a little bit on the edges too, because uh, the way that it, would show up on a map. It might look kind of like circular, but then when it, uh, basically processes, it's going to turn it into kind of blocks. Okay. You know, so it's not going to be a circle. It's going to be an actual, you know, 90 degree, you know, type angle. So got it. Uh, might be some overspray, but yeah, we want, we want to try to do some more stuff with that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, some more stuff with, you know, just kind of, uh, planning from, you know, maybe doing the map, putting it into the terror. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. 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 If any, any weird sounds coming from me, I'm probably hitting the 
screen. Uh, um, go ahead and finish, and we do have another comment here when you're ready. Yeah. So, anyways, I mean, yeah, we we we'd like to do a little bit more um, outside, you know, yeah, from kind of start to finish type stuff. Like, okay, we're starting with this, we're gonna Ending do this, this, and we're gonna see what we get. Yeah. yeah, and and again, like we try this stuff, but it we're just not- all, it all, it all, by the time we try it, sometimes yeah. out there because we we need to do at least a dry run, and then then trying to get all the cameras and all that kind of stuff it's a out lot. there. It, it's it, just it, yeah. it's just the two of us most of the time, so right, it's a lot of work. Um, yeah. all right, let's see here. Uh, so Clark, uh, this is not your son, Clark. This is, <laughs> I was like, yeah, uh, I'm I'm gonna take a, a stab here, Clark Businitz, I believe. Uh, he says, I've heard different states have different requirements to get spray certified with the drone, like hours of flight time. Is this true? And is there a central resource to find these? Uh, I have also heard that. Um, what state was that? There are certain states where I feel like you have, they almost have to do like an apprenticeship. Before you can uh, get your 137? Uh, not the 137. It's well. Pesticide license or something. Yeah, it's it's kind of more with pesticide, but I guess it kind of does have to do with maybe 137 as well. But yeah, I mean, things you're going to have to look at are, you know, uh, some some pesticide, like they all say label is the law. So, you know, you're looking at different stuff that maybe you're going to be using in, in the drone. I mean, you got to see if it's uh, rated for aerial application, that kind of stuff. Um I'm trying to think a good place to check. I mean, really uh, to talk to his local FISTO, right? I mean, well, no, not for that. Cause, oh, okay. cause, cause FAA is not going to know anything about I, I got you. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. pesticide, Sorry. but I mean, usually like, you know, look for like a, a state school, one of the state schools that has to do with agriculture. Like here, you know, UIC basically mm-hmm. if, if we take it a lot of times they will set up at different areas around the state. Right. And it's like you go there, you can do your general standards and a couple modules. Um, so yeah, I mean, maybe EPA, and maybe that would have like a drill down to some of the other states. Um, uh, type in wherever state you're from, and then USDA department. Uh, that might be one. But yeah, you should you should be able to find it. There there are a lot of, you know, and some sometimes there's like. Uh, clustered states where they'll have, they'll have reciprocity with the surrounding states. Right. Right. Um, but then there's some states that are probably, you know, completely on their you know, own. And, and essentially you have to go by the EPA guidelines mm-hmm. and then each state determines, okay, are we going to just go by basically the federal stuff or are we going to modify it and make our own state things? And there's yeah. states that have done that. Yeah. And obviously, you know, we don't know every state's legality. No, no. That kind of thing. So check, you got to check with them. But, um, but yeah, it seems like there is a little bit of a different standard in different places of the country. So thank you, yeah. Clark, for, uh, for and, that, and, that and, question. And Clark, keep plugging away because you'll get different answers from everybody. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and, and it's not that those people are necessarily wrong, mm-hmm. but it doesn't mean that they're necessarily right. There's just sometimes multiple ways of going about something and getting the same answer, it, right? A different well, answer or, or yeah. It, you know, it's like you, you can, yeah. You know, Cause you could like fly under maybe if you were a pilot or something like that. Yeah. There's a different way to go about doing the same thing. Right. So, but yeah. I think the the important thing is that people get started now looking at yeah. how they're going to go about it. 
Um, Because, I mean, just to think about it, like this business, Aerial Influence, started in 2016. And Mm -hmm. you specifically have kind of been studying the ag side of things since then. So you've got a tremendous amount of knowledge on that side of the business. For someone that doesn't know. uh, For somebody that's not a farmer. (laughs) Someone that doesn't know how to. (laughs) Exactly. So you, you know a tremendous amount about it but that's the fact is it took you five years to figure it out right. to, to learn a lot of this stuff i've no i know a little bit uh but nowhere near the amount of information that you do well and, and there's still tons to learn you don't and, know. And, and there's and it's changing too so every it's day like, yeah, yeah. And, but we're but you know we're still i think the point is that we're still at that stage in this industry where yeah. it's so early on we are so this is just the infancy of this business so, oh we just lost our light but the, the earlier that you can get in, start learning about these drones, start researching yeah. and making, there we are. Hey, we're back. <laughs> uh, start, start researching and uh, making, you know, making the, the proper steps to start, whether it's a business you're trying to yeah. start a spray business. Now's the time to start researching, watch videos like cars, even when the lights go out. I think that's a sign, probably. I think it is. We yeah. probably should go. The All right. Is uh, thanks, but, everybody. But you're, you're right, David. And and yeah, keep plugging away, guys, because uh, yeah. the, the, the paperwork is the most annoying and... Yeah. Uh, but but it's helpful too because you have to go through a lot of things. Yes. <laughs> All right. I think we need to the leave. lights keep going. Uh, <laughs> real quick, Scott says try D A T C A P. They regulate pesticide application education. So DAT CAP D A T C A P. They regulate pesticide application education. So that's a great resource, uh, Scott. Thank you. DAT D A T C A P. Okay, yeah, because this took me to drug abuse treatment cost analysis. Program. Okay, he typed it wrong, <laughs> so don't go there. Uh, but thank you guys, thank you guys yeah. so much again for watching. Thanks, guys. Uh, it's always an adventure, technically, but uh, yeah. we appreciate you sticking with us and sticking around and yeah. uh, joining in the discussion. So, and we let us know what else you want to want us to talk about. about. We'll we'll try to make work something that in. up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks everybody. We'll see you next All time. Right. See ya.